Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, my playoff start didn't go well. That that series for us didn't go well. And, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot of takeaways from it. Uh, and I think that we as a team will we'll use that as more fuel for next year. Um, we'll, we'll definitely come out a lot more prepared for uh, playoff baseball. Um, but really just like being there, I wasn't too concerned about like, Oh, I'm going back after, you know, what happened. It was more there to support uh, Max. And like I said before, just extremely motivating, you know, seeing him do his thing out there and, um, yeah, just just kind of being there in that environment really gives me more and more drive to get to that highest of levels. White Sox starter Lucas Giolito talking on Thursday. Welcome and welcome back. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Talking White Sox now, we go to The Score's hotline. It is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome in... Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine. And Josh, help me with this. I have problems with this. When Lucas Giolito says there's a lot of takeaways from the playoffs in which they lost to the eventual American League champions, the cheating bastards from Houston, we as a team can will use that as more fuel for next year. We definitely we will definitely come out a lot more prepared for playoff baseball. So why didn't last year's playoff choke prepare them to come out and play better baseball? Can you connect the dots for me? Can you help me with that, Josh Nelson from Sox Machine? (laughs) I wish I could. Uh, (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate that. Have a nice day. You know, it's funny because Lucas said very similar things last year, right, Uh, after Oakland and you know, they were sharing the stories of how quiet the plane ride was back from Oakland to Chicago, and that was going to give them a lot of fuel, you know, for the next year. They said they would never let let off the gas, you know, when they went from 34 and 18 and in the driver's seat to win the American League Central and then losing seven of their last eight games of the regular season to sneak into the playoffs still but finish a game behind Minnesota Twins. But they wouldn't do that. And then August and September came around this season, which they totally did that. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it would have mattered too much. Houston just really had the White Sox number this year. Yep. And, uh, Josh, a little bit of news this morning from about an hour ago, a little less than that, actually. 
Uh, from Jeff Passan, says the, the White Sox will be exercising their $16 million club option on reliever Craig Kimbrell. A source familiar with the situation tells ESPN, that's according to, to Jeff Passan. What does that mean? Do you think that the, they'd keep him, or or do you want him to keep him, or would you like to see them trade Craig Kimbrell? So all the general managers and then whoever is representing the New York Mets, they're all going to Carlsbad, California uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Carlsbad just north of San Diego. So I'm sure they're going to a very fancy resort. And they have their GM meetings. Now, typically during these meetings, they lay out the groundwork on what is going to be the rules for the upcoming season. However, these GM meetings are going to be a lot different because they're going to be talking about, hey, what do you think the owners and the players association is going to try to work out for the upcoming CBA? So what I really think this is is just two days in which general managers are going to talk to one another and try to work out trades uh, before the CBA expires. I am expecting Craig Kimball to be traded by the Chicago White Sox. And the reason is that for this free agency market, you got Kenley Jensen and Rasiel Iglesias. Those are your only two closers. And I'm, I'm somewhat expecting Kenley Jensen to be returning to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that means every other team that's looking for high leverage situation help or closer help, uh, then you got Iglesias, that's the free agent, or you got to call Rick Hahn to go get Craig Kimbrell. And the one team that, I, that I'm circling right now that I think is going to be interested and I'm somewhat expecting a move to be made is the Philadelphia Phillies and Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski has traded for Kimball once, and that really worked out well for him because they won the World Series. The Phillies need bullpen help, uh, and it's still going to be a tough race in the National League East because the world champion Atlanta Braves are there. And they're going to have Ronald Acuna Jr. back next year. That makes them tougher. Uh, and, I, well, whatever happens with the New York Mets, uh, there's a lot of talent there. But, you know, there's so much money that the Phillies have spent on their roster. They got heavy expectations coming into next season. Uh, so they got to win. And I, I'm expecting Dave Dabrowski to make some bold moves to try to improve that Philadelphia Phillies roster. And one of those bold moves could be trading for Craig Kimball. Our guest is Josh Nelson of the Sox Machine. You can read his work and Jim Morgalis's work. It's a great website. It's White Sox-centric, as you would expect. So we're talking White Sox here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum and Mark Grody with you. So, Josh, let me run this by you. It's sort of the choice. And remember, death is not an option. Yes. Dallas Keuchel, <laughs> always healthy. Carlos Rodon, always hurt. What would you do if you were the White Sox in both of those cases for next season? So, in my off-season plan, I am trading Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dallas Keuchel. I'll call, call him Dallas Kimball because it's almost like the same situation. <laughs> They're both in this upcoming off-season for the White Sox. I just keep merging them together. Mm-hmm. I am planning on trading Dallas Keuchel and eating almost half of his salary in my hypothetical trade with the San Francisco Giants. The reason I'm picking the Giants is because word out of San Francisco is they need to find four starting pitchers this offseason. They need a lot of help on the starting pitching front. So I figured, well, the White Sox eat eight of the $18 million, and then it's just $10 million. Well, Wade Miley's getting paid $10 million to go pitch for the Chicago Cubs next year. 
Uh, so that's fair, right? Two soft tossing lefties getting paid the same amount. Would San Francisco bite at that? Uh, with Carlos Rodon, I, I think we're still waiting word. I don't have any inkling. Everyone in, that's texted me and that I've asked around believes that Rodon, by tomorrow's deadline, is going to be getting a qualifying offer from the White Sox. But, Mark and Steve, this is how I feel about the situation. So, technically, with the White Sox exercising the club option for Dallas Keuchel, their current player payroll is about $159 million. If you extend a qualifying offer to Carlos Rodon and he accepts that, well, you're at $177 million player payroll. The, the good news is that's the largest player payroll ever for the Chicago White Sox. However, everyone that has covered and followed the White Sox knows they always operate at a budget. So this really brings into question what the budget is. At Sox Machine for our off-season plan project, for everyone to play as the White Sox GM, we set it at $170 million. So if we're right, and if that is the player payroll budget for the White Sox this upcoming season, if Carlos Rodon accepts, you're already $7 million over your budget, and you still got to find a second baseman and right fielder. Uh, you, I don't think they can carry both Keuchel and Rodon just because of money reasons. Uh, so if I had to pick the, t- uh, the two, boy, I would trade Keuchel and then see if Carlos Rodon is willing to take a backloaded deal for three to four years. Uh, and that I can still save some money so I can go find a better second baseman or right fielder. But ultimately, in my offseason plan, the answer is neither. I, I have Carlos Rodon walking away from the White Sox, signing with someone else, and I'm trading Keiko away, which means the White Sox are going to have to find another starting pitcher to help out with their rotation next season. I, I agree with you on Rodon. He's he's not going to take backloaded nothing, you know. Assuming that there is a yeah. team out there that wants to earnestly pay him what he feels like he is worth for for the most part, having you know an excellent season. He did this. He did the minimum, you know, signing for three million dollars with the White Sox after he couldn't get anything better. So I think maybe he would take a backloaded deal if nobody else offers him anything. But I do think that that he's a goner. I agree with you on that. As far as the outfield for the White Sox next year, you mentioned right field. I guess that assumes that they're just going to keep putting Aloy Jimenez out there in left field. We know Luis Robert will play a great center field, but it, and it comes around to Andrew Vaughn. What is his place on the, on the team next year for the White Sox? How do they use Andrew Vaughn? So Rick Hahn yesterday said that they're very bullish on Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. And I think internally, If, again, money reasons, they don't find a right fielder they like for the amount of money that they're willing to spend at the position, they could go into 2022 with Adam Engel, Andrew Vaughn, and Gavin Sheets splitting time at that position to try to get them as many at-bats as possible. We theoretically could see some days that Andrew Vaughn is playing right field and Gavin Sheets is DHing so they can both have their bats in the lineup. And that, that, that's the important thing for the White Sox. You have two potential young sluggers. How can we get them both in the lineup? Well, one's going to have to play right field. 
And that really scares a lot of White Sox fans because defensively, boy, that is not a good idea. Uh, however, we just saw the Atlanta Braves win the World Series, and they had Adam Duvall out of all players playing center field. So maybe outfield defense is overrated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that. But but I, I think internally, those are the options for the White Sox. And internally at right field, it's much stronger than what they got currently internally for second base, and in which second base right now with Lurie Garcia, a free agent, is that you got Danny Mendick and you got Romy Gonzalez. Okay, I like the White Sox internal options at right field better than at second base. So that's why I think for those that keep asking, what's the top priority for the White Sox this, uh, this offseason? I think it's second base. And if they're going to spend a lot of money at that and any position, I think it's going to be trying to find a second baseman because they traded one, you know, their second baseman they had control for at least five more seasons and Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell. And now they got to find a, a better long-term solution at second base. Uh, but right now for Vaughn and Sheets and Adam Engel, when you're constructing the roster with the players currently on hand, I think it's going to be those three splitting time in right field unless the White Sox make a bold move in free agency. Our guest is Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. We're talking White Sox baseball here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. And I hear all the talk about right field, second base, all this kind of stuff. And I don't think they need a bat as much as they need an arm. If I've got got one free agent signing to make for me, for the White Sox, it's Robbie Ray. If you have one Mm. free agent signing to make, who is it for you, Josh? Oh, man. That's a great question. I think if it's a free agent, it's Marcus Simeon. The way that he has progressed in his career and what we saw this past season in Toronto, boy, that is an impact player at that position. And the White Sox have some intriguing middle infielders as far as their prospects. And I think they may trade for another starting pitcher this offseason. So there's another big move that I have in my mind. But for free agents go, I think I'm going to go with Marcus Simeon. And I also like Starlin Marte a lot. I think Marte would be a great fit in the White Sox outfield at right field. Uh, I know that maybe he prefers to play center field because he still has the ability for that range in center field. He can have the range. He can have most of right field. So Luis Roberts shadows more of left field. And maybe just go with a two-outfield configuration. And Aloy Jimenez is sitting over by the net uh, while the people <laughs> in play. <laughs> so he can't hurt himself. Double high safety uh, in the outfield. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Cover two. Uh, but I, those are the two big free agents in my mind is, is Marcus Simeon and Starlin Marte. On the trade front, pay attention to Oakland. We already know that Cincinnati is starting to tear down. It sounds like the Oakland Athletics are going to tear down. They have two intriguing starting pitchers that are on their final years of arbitration, lefty Sean Manaya and righty Chris Bastet. I think the White Sox should target one of those two and then bring them to the south side. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Josh, thank you for your time. And we'll talk to you over the winter if there is a winter to be had of something more than just arguing over over 
arbitration and things like that that the players and the owners want to argue about. Josh, thanks for your time. Absolutely. You guys have a great weekend. You too. That's Josh yeah, Nelson, see you later. the Sox machine. And, Always uh, good to talk to him. Yeah, 4 p.m. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, Stevie Sunshine, is when yeah. the, the, the White Sox would have until to make a qualifying offer to one Carlos Rodon. I, I think that that's, that's great drama, man. But I, I am... I'm with Josh. There is, like, Carlos Rodon did what he had to do, came crawling back to the White Sox this year for $3 bucks. It, it The first team that offers him a real contract with with no funny stuff, I don't care what team it is. That's where funny he's going. Stuff? You know what I mean? You know, well, well, like, backloaded or incentivized, overly in, incentivized. Yeah. You know, so that that's what funny stuff is in my world. I'll I'll send you the Mark Rody vocabulary book at some point in time, but okay. yeah, that's we we know that. And Giolito Lynn sees Kopech, Keuchel, still not a horrible pitching staff if Rodon is not there. Yeah, I just I, I commend him on his season, on half of his season, and he's just. He, he keeps coming back and keeps coming back, but the problem is he has to keep coming back and he has to keep coming back. And I want a little more predictability in my pitching staff because I don't, I don't know how much predictability you've got in Kopech. No, you're I don't right. Know where that's it comes that's from. a great point. That's, that's a great point. And, and, and quite honestly, he struggled towards the end. He struggled in the playoffs. He, he, and that may have been, you know, caused by, just fatigue or whatever the case may be, but he was not looking like the same pitcher. Same with Carlos Rodon by the end of the year, for that matter. Not not looking like the same pitcher. And I'm thinking about Carlos Rodon now, too. He could have, like, a Kerry Wood-esque career. You know what I mean? Like, where mm. he has great moments, great halves of seasons. Maybe he'll be a great closer someday for a year or two, but he'll. it just feels like he's never going to quite reach the bar that was originally set for him. Are there playoff homers involved? Because that that would be something. Playoff homers? Yeah, in your Kerry Wood analogy, in your oh, comparison. Oh, right. No, there, there, there playoff won't be homers? because, no, because after this, going into next year, assuming there is a baseball season, the yeah. designated hitter has been has been terminated. It's been deleted. Unless you're Zach Grinke, and then you. I mean, pitch pitchers hitting, hitting. in the pitch, World Series. I know. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Sorry, All right, I we're going to take wrong. a break now. But before we do that, we need to have a production meeting on the air as far as what we're going to do next. Um, Good, because I've got, we I've have, got some things I want to add too. Go uh, ahead. We still we we have to mark what Mark heard left to come. I don't know if it'd be better to do it now and for the rest of the hour, or do it at the top of next hour. We still have more. Uh, more of social media calling about Bears owner Aaron Rodgers. I have uh, some points about the Bears that 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 I would like to bring up. Plus, I have my p- part of my parody song that I would like to bring to the bring to the table. So, what would you like to do now? Wow, Mark? that's. Well, that's a lot of choices. I'd like to throw one more thing in, as long as we're having sure. a production meeting. Sure, yeah, because there's the not enough the out there in this production meeting. What the hell? Ha- I I saw Grobber's name bantied about in the text thread, and was Grobber rejected on this show? Why are we not having Grobber on today? What happened? Well, what happened was we had had a list of people. I just threw out some names, and then and Trash Panda responded, and and then I said, oh, by the way, 
Kenny Holtzman turned 76 this week, and he threw a no-hitter against the Braves, now world champion Braves, in 1969. And... Uh, that was that was quite the game. So I thought that's an opportunity to talk to Grober about the birthday boy, Kenny Holtzman. And at that point, we had prospective three prospective guests, and so we did we we didn't end up with the three guests, and we didn't pursue Grober. We still probably could. Yeah. We could we could yeah. talk Kenny Holtzman. So that's where it was not. Um, it it was not summarily dismissed out of hand kind of thing. It was just more of a okay. Timing All right. and I, I just thought that was. I mean, you can't just throw Les Grobstein's name in an email and then banty him about and then not have him on. So I, I'm going to give you guys both a thumbs down at this point for not being a little bit more exact about having Grober on today. But um, um, I'll get over it. No, well, um, we still could. We could talk Kenny Holstrom's birthday. It's always worthwhile talking Kenny because, especially when he got. When you're talking about a Jewish pitcher, you realize we just got done with the most Jewish World Series of all time. It used to be it was just Sandy Gofax whenever he pitched or didn't pitch on Yom Kippur. But you had, in Game 6 alone, to to set it all up, you had Max Fried starting for the Braves, and he was pitching to Alex Bregman, and wearing pearls in the outfield or wearing pearls in the lineup was Jock Peterson. <laughs> Yeah, the yep. most Jewish World Series of all time. I didn't know Jock Peterson was Jewish. I didn't either. He but, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. And now, now we all know. Let's do this. Let's do. Um, I got some stuff in what Mark heard that I want you to hear. Like Bill Lazor said something I thought that was really interesting as it pertains to the the passing game. And as always. Olin Krutz making a guest star appearance on What Mark Hurts. So you want to you want to do that, man? Because I'm just looking forward to hearing your reaction to a couple of these, Steve. Yeah, no, I'm 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 all for that. I'm all for that. And later on, if we get to it, that I don't understand fantasy leagues lingo, but even in another country, they think Matt Nagy and they have no hope for Bears players because of Matt Nagy. So it it transfers to a whole other country, which I found hysterical. Oh. So we will do what Mark heard, our near award-winning segment, next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Indeed. Time for our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard with Mark Grody. What were the odds that it would be named that way? And so, what did Mark Heard this week, Mark Grody? First thing I heard was Bears offensive coordinator and play caller, Bill Lazor yesterday, and this is kind of a new twist on the why isn't Allen Robinson catching passes <laughs> for the Bears this year? Like the exhaust, like we've run out of things to analyze for the Bears because that seems like that's all we talk about. But Bill Lazor had a, a, a different sort of different twist on it. Here's Bill. The reality is the way we're playing football right now, there are a lot of unhappy offensive pass catchers. They're being professional, and they're trying to help us win. But that's when, when you're running the ball so much, your pass catch, no one's going to be happy. And that's, that's, that is the case. Has he expressed frustration? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. They're a very, very professional group. I just, you know, I just know. I mean, it's not the first time. Just when you run the ball this much, uh, certain people are happy about it. But... Um, we're not happy when you don't score points. And, and usually in this league, uh, passing production leads to more points. And so I, I think until we, until we get the passing game to produce better, um, we're going to have a hard time. <laughs> so it's like everybody in that offense is kind of like, unless your name is Khalil Herbert or soon to be David Montgomery, it's yeah. like, ah, this sucks. You know, everybody's assignment sucks, and they're a running football team, and they've had success doing it, yet they're not scoring points, and they can't turn the run game into the pass game. So sounds like it's not just Allen Robinson who's not getting his. Well, you, you, you watch this sometimes from TV, sometimes from up close. You've seen it from a lot of different views. That red zone stuff, when you have tight ends who were supposed to be significant in that part of the field, and you have Allen Robinson, who is all about contested catches. Why? Why isn't, why isn't that working? Is Justin Fields just inaccurate in those situations? Are the routes bad? Are there, why does it happen when you have 
Jimmy Graham had what eight touchdowns? I mean, he was a red zone force last year. And whether it's him or not, you have tight ends, and you have Jesse James having some kind of connection. And Allen Robinson has played with seemingly worse quarterbacks. How could he be worse with Justin Fields than he was with Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles? So and why hey, not? Throw in, throw Chase Daniel in there just yeah. for the hell of it, too. I mean, there you he had go. a good rapport with all those guys. You're right. Quarterback after quarterback, it, it was the identity of the Bears' offense was Allen Robinson because he caught everything that was thrown his way. And he's not being targeted as much. And I think there's a million theories. And the theory that I subscribe to most is that of Justin Fields not trusting that Allen Robinson is is open just because that's always been his game. I mean, I, I've talked to Allen Robinson on and off the record, and he said he the one thing he always likes to say is, I'm always open. I'm always open. Even if it doesn't look like I'm open, I am open because I will win that 50-50 ball if that's the case. And a lot of times it's not even a 50-50 ball. It's just my damn ball. And that philosophy has not worked out for some reason between Justin Fields and Allen Robinson. It's been bad. you got to try, though. I mean, maybe it's not in his makeup, and and he he's looking long all the time as opposed to looking at whatever number receiver you're supposed to look at. I'm not talking about progressions. I'm just talking about the the hierarchy of the receivers. But that's why Mitch Trubisky always locked on Allen Robinson. He was going to throw it there, and Jay Cutler we saw for years. He was willing to throw it up there and 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 let his receiver go make a play. And is it not in Justin Fields' makeup to do that? He's willing to throw long if his guy might have a step, but he's not willing to throw it up if there's a tie game and believe his receiver is going to come down with it. Is that just his makeup? Yeah, I don't know. And and you would think that now would be the time to take those chances because he's got built-in excuses. You know what I mean? Like he's a rookie. Uh, rookies are going to make mistakes. Rookies are going to throw interceptions. So go ahead, take a chance every once in a while. You know, not just throwing downfield to Darnell Mooney, but hey, when you see Allen Robinson with a receiver or a, a DB stuck to him, take a chance. You know, once or twice a game, take a shot that you would not have taken yeah. prior to that. I think another thing, too, is, and this was pointed out by some one of the players this week, um, might have been Allen Robinson. I think it was. He, and he, he mentioned, and it's true, defenses are playing a lot of zone against the Bears. Remember when Trubisky thrived, usually against mm-hmm. Detroit, when they would play man defense, and they were better. And I think most rookies are. I think that rookies, it takes a while for rookie quarterbacks to learn the intricacies of zone defenses. So I think some of that could be confusing him as well. Before we get to the next part, I want to um, report this from the uh, from Ray Fittipaldo, who covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I don't know that this is actually news or a confirmation. You can tell me. Mike Tomlin said Mike Tomlin said Ben Roethlisberger will play Monday night. He said he is managing the new shoulder injury. So yeah. if there was some question, uh, there isn't now. I just wanted to. I knew he was on the injured list. I I never thought he, there was any chance of him being out. But okay. that's good that we confirmed that. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Good job. All right. Yep. Next. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Olin Krutz. I thought he was asked about uh, Tevin Jenkins. I don't know if you've heard these whispers of so Tevin Jenkins. He's he's been not practicing, but he's been at practice, you know, in shorts and his jersey and just doing going participating in a very light way. In he's on that show, but it's not his show. 
Thank you, thank you. I didn't <laughs> said I could I could halt my own word salad right now and trying to explain Tevin Jenkins's existence on the backfields in Lake Forest, but I've seen him because I am there. But Olin Krutz had a hilarious response when he was asked about the whispers of when Tevin Jenkins plays in the NFL, he may be best suited to play guard. Here's Krutz. I, I just always wonder where this stuff comes from. The guy hasn't been playing at all in practice, and they, didn't, they haven't really seen anything from this guy in pads, right? He had the back injury, and he had surgery. So uh, when did they figure that out, really? Did they figure that out while he was doing back rehab? I mean, I don't know where this thing leaks from. I'd like to see the, him on the field playing some tackle first before we all make this decision, uh, watching Peters a little bit. Uh, last week, late in the game, I got a little worried. Uh, looks like he may. I don't know uh, what happened in that game, but he slowed down a little bit at the end of the game. So you're hoping that he has enough gas left in the tank to finish this run for the Chicago Bears here. Uh, I think they still have nine left. So uh, he need, that's a lot of football uh, left to play with the extra game this year. As many bodies as they can get and many choices they can get offensive line. We talked about a lot about this offensive line, they need to have choices out there. They need to develop young players. Borum looked good last week right against both sides. I thought he looked well. Got a big test this week against Watt and that crowd noise on the road. Borum also has to show that he can stay healthy, right? He's been out uh, twice already, once for concussion, one for a high ankle sprain. So he's got to show that he can stay on the field. But as far as someone telling me, Olin, I don't think Tevin Jenkins can, is, is better suited at guard than he is at tackle. I mean, when did you figure that out would be my question, hmm. right? When he, was in the, when he was in the hot tub, he didn't look like a tackle to you? <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. That's why he's yeah, a dude. Hall of Famer on the field, Hall of Famer on the microphone. Oh, uh, my God. You know, also, also, if he plays guard, Steve, real quick, what? Yeah. Who who's he replacing? Cody Whitehair or James Daniels? That's the one you're going to move into. Uh, position, Cody Whitehair. He's pos- been bad this year. Send tweet. But you're moving to the one position that is more solid compared to your tackles. And now you're looking at a situation where Ryan Pace, the uh, outgoing general manager, traded up for a guy a right tackle that he believed he could play left tackle, and now might put him at guard where he, you know, might be second string. Oh my. God. Oh my God! It's indeed. a good thing that Ted and George are sleeping up in Dallas Hall to see this kind of stuff. Would, <laughs> had you heard this? Had you heard this talk of guard before it came out? This is my first, the first I've heard of this. I don't know where it came from, honestly. I've just like heard it here and there, and I honestly don't know who originated it. I have no direct hmm. knowledge of that, but apparently. That was thrown out there. It doesn't sound realistic to me. I just love Kroots. I just love to to picture Tevin Jenkins in the hot tub and somebody saying, you know what? Guard. He looks like a guard. (laughs) You know what? It's not bad. If he's a guard and he's Kaya Long, great. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care what Trash Panda's saying back there. Cody Whitehair is, is a very good offensive lineman. Even if he's having an off year, you say he's I mean, having a bad no, year yeah, this that's year. Like he's having an off year. I'm not saying they should move on from him. I was right. It's tongue right. cheek. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Wasn't sure. Like yeah. Um, I, like I'm with you guys. Like yeah. If they're gonna move him to guard, like, where the hell are you putting him? Right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna supplant James Daniels or Cody White here. I mean, these are two guys that are actually 
you know, still have, uh, especially with Daniels, I think a a ceiling to attain. Like I don't think he is maxed out as a player as of yet. Um, one more from Kruzzi. I'm being told we have time for Steve before we have to take a break, and. Mm-hmm. In this cut, in what marker, it was suggested to Olin Krutz that the Bears' offense against the Steelers' defense is a bad matchup. Here's what Krutz had to say to that. I think that if Montgomery's healthy and Herbert's healthy, that I don't know. But I think you can run the ball on these guys. I I don't think they fixed all the problems they had against the Seahawks. Uh, last week against the Browns. So, you know, inside, they don't have Alu-Alu. Uh, they don't have um, Tuit from Notre Dame, two of their best D tackles. Uh, they, they still have Hayward, but inside, you can take advantage of them running the ball right at them. And if you can start getting some runs, especially to the right side of the offense behind James Daniels, uh, where they're playing a rookie D tackle, uh, you know, all their D linemen are kind of young, kind of learning on the run because of, the injuries they've had, so they're not as strong up front. Run at Bosa, put um, put Cole Komet, put Jesse James out there, uh, let them kick Bosa out, run down here. If you can get some success there, we can start seeing that boot game again uh, from Fields. And if he keeps continuing to play better and better, using his legs, getting the ball down the field, hopefully find Allen Robinson a little more. Uh, Bill Lazor's got to find a way to get this guy involved in offense. You're paying him $18 million a year. I don't want to hear any excuses about, you know, uh, the offense are running now. There's a lot of receivers who are grouching. Uh, Lazor, that, that is a pile of you-know-what. Uh, uh, find a way to get him the ball. But, yes, I, I, I don't see – I see some mismatches, obviously, but I don't see all the, the, the big uh, disadvantages that a lot of people think the Bears have against this defense. So a little hope from, from the Kruitzi right there. And I talked about some of the, the, the numbers. I mean, they, they're – defense this year is seventh in points allowed 11th in yards allowed they are 13th against the pass 12th against the rush so they're good they're not dominant you know when we talked with jim schwantz earlier he's part of the uh, mark grody wbbm pregame show and halftime show and postgame show that's right bears game so when we talked to jim schwantz earlier that he talked about, you can have your running games between the 20s. We don't care. It's a passing league. You get in the red zone, then good luck to you. So with Olin Krutz doping it out that way, so one one option is, well, David Montgomery's got to score from 25 yards out to take <laughs> completely take out the red zone, whatever <laughs> questions you have. Or how do you see this translating? How does it finally become profitable? If that's the way it goes, if if Olin Cruz is right and you have a running game and you do this, they've had a running game and they've been beaten by teams that just pants them. So how do you see this playing out, Mark? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you could hope for is like the next step in Justin Fields's progression, right? Because I think that's what you're waiting for, for yeah. him to dare to make that throw in the red zone or, you know, make another spectacular run into the end zone and do that on a regular basis. So honestly, that part comes down to Justin Fields and being better himself in the red zone. And I love that. The the point by Schwantz is so good. Like, I I don't hear many people say that, that, yeah, Mm -hmm. it actually is easy to move the football from the 20s in, in the NFL. It has been for a while now. It is just that. I mean, that's why, like, the Bears defense, 
they lived on last year, bend but don't break, which uh, used to drive me crazy. Like, I hate hearing that because I want to see the dominant Bears defense. But mm-hmm. bend but don't break is, is not bad in an era of the NFL where defenses just aren't that good anymore. We still have more of what Mark heard to get to. We'll take a break, and we will come back with that. And I have uh, I have some questions as well that I will pose and bring to the table. So we'll do Great. that on Saturday. Thanks, Steve. Very good. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, it is, we are in the middle of our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. And I got to say, the Tech Zone, spot on. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And the 417 texted in, I must be really sucking today. I've been trying to figure out who the guest Mark Heard was. <laughs> I love that name. So we're just going to, somewhere there's going to be a character in a book, W. Mark Hurd, H-E-R-D, that'll be his name. Yeah. I was not connecting the dots on that. I was trying to figure it out. Okay, so I thought he was like, who is that? The visual helps it. Yeah, Mark Hurd is our, our next guest is Mark Hurd. (laughs) (laughs) More like, more like Sam Hurd and his drug dealings. Oh my God. Right, drug dealings. Yeah. Wow, All right. that story. Oh, my God. Yes. That just fell in our laps for the WB Club. That guy, Sam Hurd. That's our guy. That's right. Um, yes. Anyway, so as always, throughout a typical week, you know, we're going to ask Matt Nagy about certain individuals on the opposition, and typically their best players, and T.J. Watt of the Steelers probably will be the best player on the field between the Bears and, and the Steelers rosters. And wait till you hear the way Matt Nagy reacted to T.J. Watt and how good he is. Oh, he's, um, he's a game changer. I mean, he is, he's special now. He's all over the place. He's smart. He, he can beat you with different moves, um, speed to power. Uh, he can you know, bull rush you. He'll, he'll be all over the place, different spots on the D-line, and he goes after the football. He ta- when, he, when he tackles, he tackles the football. When you're in the pocket, you better have ball security because he's going after that football. You look at the Seattle game, right, in overtime. You look at several games throughout the year. But uh, there's a reason why they took care of him. And uh, he's, you know, again, you, you, you talk to guys like Jesse who have been there, James, have been there, and you, you get to feedback on who some of these guys are and how they work. And he's a hard worker that cares. Oh, the oh at the beginning Ooh. of that was just – that was just precious. But – yeah, man, and and Larry Borum, Bosa last week, T.J. Watt this week, so that's going to be a great matchup. Sam Mustafer, best beware of Cam Hayward as well, but that's, um, you know, no matter what we're talking about with the Steelers' defense, that, that line, man, they'll be coming for our guy Justin Fields. If you played that Matt Nagy cut again, could the – the question easily could have been if Khalil Mack was on the other side. That's what he described. Yeah. That's what right. he sounded oh. like. Oh. That's who Khalil Mack used to be. Yeah. When he was healthy. And even, and you know what? Recently, he's just not, on a game to game basis, he has not destroyed games. He's not taking them over. He's right. not 
He's Every once in a while, he does still. Yeah. Like he does. Like he'll have like a two sack game, or he'll do something Mac esque where you're like, "How the hell did he just do that?" But right. you're right. Not not on a totally and completely consistent basis. But he's not. It's not going to be Larry Borum by himself. I think that the the I know. I know. I, I the the Bears have learned. Well, I can't say Matt Nagy has learned his lesson because Matt Nagy doesn't seem to learn much. But I would think the offensive staff has learned its lesson, and Justin Fields. I suspect has learned this lesson to to or to know how to organize protection. Just don't leave Larry Borum on an island against TJ. Against. Well, they they left various guys on an island against Joey Bosa once or twice last week. So you know, I don't think they've necessarily learned their lesson. There was at least one play I remember vividly. Like, why is Joey Bosa being blocked one on one? I can't remember if it was. I'm pretty sure it was Larry Borum trying to block and block him one on one. It's which is just stupid. I, I think you like, can't spend you can't spend every play double teaming. Maybe you can. Maybe you should. Um, and and they obviously did. And I thought that they could get away with it. They had other more important things that needed to cover. And maybe Justin Fields says, well, I'm learning the protection. I'm going to audible into every protection to make sure that that guy doesn't get me. Somebody else wants to get me, I can run away from him. That guy, I can't. Um, I think that if I were the quarterback, I would say I want more freedom to organize the protections. So, yeah, he'll get, yeah. I assume he'll get some help. He should. He should help himself. I know we have more, and it is Justin Fields, and I have a question for you about Justin Fields that I want to get back to. So we'll take a okay. break and we'll come back to that, Mark? Yeah, I got Fields and then one from Sean Desai being real honest about his defense. Wow, they sucked. Okay. Did he get past yeah. that? Okay. He, he may even use that word. I, I you know, The way it was sounding. Um, so wow. That'd be great. Desai. We could add him to the to the roll call. We could add no, him. To, I, <laughs> I don't think he it. said it. I think he Damn wanted it. to. I think he wanted to order the code red, but he didn't. So, <laughs> All right, we'll take a break and come back and hear what he said based on what Mark heard. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 